Cannabis and sports have played a role in each other's lives from the get-go. Surrounded in a cloud of misunderstanding and stigma, today's sports and athletes are making waves in the cannabis industry. Sports Cannabis is a new channel brought to you by Treehouse Solution. Treehouse Solution builds bespoke digital content solutions for the cannabis industry. Check out www.treehousesolution.com for more information. Watch this. Here's a pitch on the way, a swing and a belt. Left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. We the North are now we the champions. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. Athletes, pro athletes, as well as now sporting leagues, are looking to cannabis in one way or another. For years, pro athletes haven't been able to access a plant that could help alleviate the pressures of a rigorous training schedule demanding hours and injuries. The traditional methods consisted of a cocktail of remedies that have both short-term and long-term side effects that are proven to be detrimental to these athletes and their careers. Today, we have a legend. We have a boss, the first Canadian female to fight Muay Thai in China with over 13 years of experience. She's also an entrepreneur. She's unshy, outspoken, and an advocate for cannabis. It's a pleasure to announce that today we have Angelina Blessed and she's joined us for a conversation on sports cannabis. Greetings, my friend. Uh, welcome to the pandemic. <laughs> pandemic edition, yes. How are you? Not too bad. And where are you joining us from today? I'm from the basement in uh, <laughs> from Parkdale, Ontario, Canada. So I'm uh, I'm at home, of course. Okay. As everyone is, yeah. Yeah. And as you alluded to, you know, um, due to the current climate, everyone is at home, and it's affected everyone in a different way. One thing that we keep up to quite a bit is with your Instagram, and you're always showing new and creative ways of how to work out and train at home. How do you do that? And why was that something important for you to show off to a lot of your followers? I've kind of had to just go into a complete uh, mode of survival. I, <laughs> it's a kind of a difficult conversation because kind of what I'm going through and what everybody is going through, none of us have been here before. Now I've trained 15 years and I put myself through a crazy workout schedule and, you know, mental training and all of that. But truthfully, being in the basement, being in my little apartment, for the last, like, I don't even know how long we've been down here for, um, like, are we going on five or six weeks, um, has been an incredible, tough journey. And um, I have really good days and I have really bad days. Mm -hmm. But the only thing uh, that has felt good for me is the movement. So has my training changed? Absolutely. I don't get to spit all over uh, Evan Boris anymore, you know, like that is, uh, that's, a, that's a, like my coach is my, is my everything besides my partner, but like it's not having that has been terrible. So my training has kind of changed into a movement base of dancing, of singing, of running in the middle of the street, of getting a kettlebell and just finding ways to strengthen myself. So through all of that, 
through finding the movement and finding that little bit of like no anxiety place has been a real blessing for me. Yeah, it's been incredible to watch you on Instagram. I know that there are days where, you know, I wake up and I'm feeling a little bit sluggish or lazy. And then I see you posting on your story that you've done some incredible workout at home and it gets me right into the mood. So I really appreciate the motivation on our side. Yeah, I'm glad I can inspire people because I'm like, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not showing my face a whole lot. Like I'm I'm getting in there and I'm baseball capping it low down. And, you yeah. know, like I don't think any of us are feeling 100% right now. So like I am motivating myself and i am using a lot of cannabis to get through these workouts and find different ways of going through it and just keep on moving because i don't feel like moving every day but what i am looking for is a little bit of that calmness inside of it so i'm having to work on other things that i would always say that i didn't have the time for whether it be the mobility or the stretching Mm -hmm. or fucking meditation because that is the hardest part for me so i'm trying to get through those things but you know you you've been really amazing too because there's been some mornings where i'm just kind of like anxiety it out in the in bed and you'll send me a message and being like go get it today and i'm like fuck all right i'm off i'm off i got nothing else to do except work out three times today so you know what i'm just gonna do it it's been great because i feel like the support system there's always been a little bit of support from someone or me giving it to someone where we're all just trying to like be accountable and check for each other and that's what's important yeah no i completely agree so before we get started and really take a deep dive you know into cannabis and the pivotal role that it's played in your life you know you've had over 13 years of training and fighting in canada and thailand and uh you know you're also the first female canadian to fight muay thai in china let's take it back and uh you know would you mind taking us on that journey of when you first decided to go on muay thai boxing i am not an athlete i was not Excuse me. I was not an athlete. I was the girl in track and field who would probably walk the long run or like I was not I'm not from a family of athletes. I'm not athletically inclined. You know, I raved. I love to dance. I love to push energy like (laughs) so um, 15 years ago, I didn't want to rave anymore and I didn't want to do that. That seemed like a complete waste of energy. All you know, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for a run. So I lived in High Park and I went for a run and I listened to my music and I, wow, I did that really badly. And then I, <laughs> uh, and then I walked into um, a gym on Bloor Street and a man named Ajahn Suchart was teaching there. So I did a couple of classes with him. Now, Ajahn Suchart is the man who brought Muay Thai to North America 30 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I trained with him for a little bit and then I went through a big breakup and, you know, my ass that had never been further than Nova Scotia, got on a plane and went to Thailand and pretty much cried the whole way there being like what the fuck have i done and i got to chiang mai and it was the original cm number one it's now called wat Santai in uh, northern chiang mai mm-hmm. and you know they dropped me off at the gym and they're just like six o'clock so i showed up and you know i was the only female and i was the only foreigner and wow. i just went and did it and cried and <laughs> did it again um so coming back and forth uh from toronto to thailand uh, Muay Thai was still illegal in Canada, so I, you know, there were demos, but I wasn't really interested in that. So I would go to Thailand every winter and fight while I was there. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, a lot of years of fighting, a lot of years of not smoking weed, a lot of years of uh, constant injury and um, just constant injury over injury and broken bones and concussions and all of that. And I just knew that I needed to kind of change things because I wasn't going to last as a Muay Thai fighter. 
And my emotional state was kind of taking a toll as well because of just the push, push, push of the cortisol levels. So I knew that I had to change something. So I would always watch all the champion fighters at camp number one, mm-hmm. um, like Simon Marcus, who uh, they all smoked. And I just, like, what the fuck are these guys doing? But they would do it. They would smoke weed and they would go, you know, they would go for these 10-kilometer runs. And then they would train their faces off. And I was just like, yeah, there must be something to this. So I started smoking weed. And... Yo, I was sleeping through the night, and wow. my appetite was coming back, and little things, just little shifts. So wow. from that point, I met um, uh, Jesse and Sean from Float Toronto. Yep. So the healing process kind of got a little bit deeper at that point, and that's when, you know, uh, years later, Joe Rogan was starting to gain popularity and talk about the sensory deprivation and the healing process of that. And mm-hmm. anything that I had read about concussions uh, and brain injuries and healing process, uh, was about uh, was about sensory deprivation and the wonderful healing powers of magnesium. So between me starting to make cookies and kind of starting that process and taking a lot of really heavy dosage and dosage control, mm-hmm. um, but I found that I wasn't hurting myself and I found that my training started to get a little bit better and my mental health started to get a little bit better and everything started to fall into place. So now, when you were doing the Muay Thai boxing, right? Mm-hmm. You were talking about how incredibly taxing and physically draining it was. And back then you weren't using cannabis to really help alleviate, you know, the training and the work week that you were dealing with. Could you, you know, kind of shed some light on what that training regimen looked like? <clears throat> sure. Uh, my days were a disaster. So I would wake up early. I would go for, uh, I would get to the gym. I would get to CM number one. We would do about a five kilometer run. And then I would hit pads with my trainer which is about um, three to five rounds, three to three to five, three minute rounds mm-hmm. uh, with a trainer. Uh, and then we would clinch and or spar afterwards. So that was the beginning of my day from there. So I'd be done there around like 11 or 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I would go to the salon where I would do hair from 12 until say seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I would come back to the kitchen. I would bake cookies until 11 or 12 at night and I would get a, and or go back to the gym for another session and do it all over again. So I did that for five years. Wow. And, and during and those five the, years, what, what was the prescribed treatments during those times, you know, in terms of, you know, just to feel relief uh, after a long day of wear and tear before, before the CBD and cannabis days? Well, I was just coming home and either eating a little bit of oil mm-hmm. or just a little bit of cookies. So my dosage at the time, because I hadn't been smoking weed at all, mm-hmm. was so low. So, 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 so low. So I was eating like, say an eighth of one of my cookies, right? So it's just like the medicine was all in there, but I had zero tolerance to kind of deal with it. So as time has gone by, you know, I have a bit of a monster dosage tolerance right now. Your immune system is built up a little bit, yeah. Absolutely, and so that happens. Um, So I, you know, my medicine intake is is a lot bigger right now, but um, the whole process of trying to heal myself uh, has been quite the journey. So it's, um, it's, it's been really cool. It's been really cool that the things have kind of fallen into place along the way, like having Float Toronto be that support for me and then me being able to be the support for them to get other athletes into the into the pods, into the tanks, to talk more about healing. You know, the recovery process was never discussed at all in Muay Thai, even though we were just so hard on our bodies. It was constant pounding and constant running kilometers on concrete and constant, like, head injury, et cetera. So to be able to find some relief and to be able to talk to um, other athletes about, yo, like 
add more fat to your diet or try floating or, you know, smoke a little cannabis. Like, How were you introduced to the whole float valley? Because I know for me, you know, I, I started doing it as an act of relief for cycling. I couldn't do the traditional just meditation and then getting into a pod like that really helped settle me down. How, how did you right. get into it? Well, Flow Toronto is kind of like in this crazy place right at Queen and uh, Gladstone. So it's in a really great place. So across the street from there was a movie place called Bolt. So mm-hmm. after training every day, uh, me and my partner would just sit in front of the Bolt juice bar mm-hmm. and uh, we would we would see Float getting built. <laughs> so then uh, Jesse and Sean would be coming out with their parts and so we basically sat in front of Float and just like, are you open yet? Are you ready to go? Are you open yet? Are you ready to go? And we were just waiting for them. So it was just amazing that these boys put everything that they owned into a truck and drove from bc and just happened to end up across the street from where we always were so we've been the best of friends ever since then and jesse has just been such an integral part of my healing and guidance that it's just incredible that we fell into each other's laps and it all just kind of happened the same sort of way you know joe rogan talking about floating jesse and sean packing up everything and coming to toronto you know my cortisol levels hitting the you know, hitting the fan before they got here. And it all kind of, we all kind of helped each other. Okay. And so when were you introduced to cannabis, you know, as a healing solution for everything that you're dealing with? I'm going to say that probably started for me like six or seven years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just, you know, I had such a stereotype in my head that it was going to slow me down and it was going to make me dumb and it was going to do all the things. And like that whole old school Cheech and Chong mentality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I was purely using it as a recovery tool. So I was going like with strains like blueberry or pink and making these amazing cookies that would be really high in like CBD or CBN and just try to get that rest and recovery. But then, you know, as my tolerance started to change a little bit, and then I was introduced to kind of like some more like activated type strains like the lemon hazes and all of that and i was just uh yeah it was actually ross rebliati that i hung out with him in Kelowna. uh really a couple of years (laughs) yeah we were hanging out in Kelowna, and so i stayed with him and his wife for a week and we were just you know talking weed stuff and um we had a great little summer vacation but it was him so i would get up every morning and i would go do my run and he would go for a bike ride and he was like yo hit the bong yeah He's so, an amazing like, individual, yeah. So I hit his bong <laughs> and went for the best run of my fucking life. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is there's something here. Because all of a sudden, you know, the first 10 minutes of your run, you're like, my lungs hurt and shit, my legs. And like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So but, I, I um, have to ask, you know, were you ever apprehensive? Because I know for a lot of athletes, right, in general, their body is their temple. It's like they're OCD about virtually everything that goes into it. <laughs> Were you at first like when you like completely how I was? The only thing that was going into my body at the time was like fucking boiled chicken breast and spinach. Well, like that's completely idiotic. You know what your brain needs? Fat. (laughs) Your brain needs the fat. So up your MCT oil. And then I started and and like, wow, my joints don't hurt as bad anymore. Like everything just kind of changes. So did you find Um, did you start using it? first for recovery was it relief or was it for both and no it was all it was all recovery in the beginning it was all shut it down and now you know that has definitely changed and i dealt with a big breakup a couple years ago and i just i just had to calm myself so i was smoking some weed in the morning and then i would go to the gym and i'm like oh shit i'm stoned at the gym okay so i'm gonna need to move a little bit differently right Mm -hmm. because it was just i had to medicate for for a little while while i went through it Mm -hmm. so 
you know, I would get to the gym and, and things changed a little bit and I had to slow my practice down. And that's when the beauty really came out. You know, we think that martial arts is this, um, you know, or MMA or Muay Thai or whatever is this brutal sport of, but it, you know, it's not, to me, it's become this really beautiful dance and shows the grace and movement of being a martial artist. And you can't, really find that until you slow it down so through cannabis and definitely through the pandemic i've fallen in love with shadow boxing and i've fallen in love with movement and and it saves me like if i didn't have that movement i don't know how people aren't moving and i'm not judging the people that can't move through the pandemic because there's days i'd rather just be in my blanket fort and i legit have a blanket fort right now so yeah. um but i you know everyone needs to feel safe where they feel safe and in movement is where i feel safe right now so yeah, I'm, it, it's I'm, it's like poetry in motion almost when you slowed it down, right? You were able to see yeah. it at all very clearly. You know, the other thing that you're talking about is that you started using cannabis before the workout at some point and then towards after as well. This really relates to dosing. And I was wondering if you could talk about how important it is to understanding dosing and maybe walk us through why having a consistent experience every time, you know, just imperative to you getting that proper experience. Dosage is different for everybody. Dosage affects me in different ways every single day. Our body is an incredible temple, and it will take the medicine and do what you need with it. Mm -hmm. Now, the average person who does not touch cannabis will feel, when they're consuming it, like eating it, they Mm -hmm. will feel between 3 and 5 milligrams of THC. Mm -hmm. That should be an okay dose for somebody to handle. Mm -hmm. So we did a microdosing class of yoga in Montreal a few years ago with my friend Jess and amazing yeah and so we dosed the edibles at three and a half milligrams and I'm like this that's bullshit nobody's <laughs> gonna feel anything but you could see these ladies these ladies were in big weed smokers yeah. and they were just slightly elevated and they loved it you know they loved it so perfect for yoga now the the legal dose for Canada is going to be is 10 milligrams. So the only amount of edibles we are able to put in one package will be 10 milligrams. For, so for the new user, it's going to be incredible. Um, they're going to get one to two doses out of the edibles. Now, <laughs> myself, being a monster, I'm eating three to 500 a night. Wow. Okay. So that would, for somebody who wasn't experienced, would lead to vomiting, paranoia, hallucinations, <laughs> like could like lead to anything. But for me, that's me pretty stoned, but relaxed. You know, yeah. I could still hold a conversation at that point. I'd still, you know, you wouldn't want me to. And, and do you change your dosing at certain times? Like when you're training, right? And it's pre-COVID. Are, is your dosing pattern at that point a little bit different than what you are right now? Pre-training dosage is completely different than recovery dosage. So okay. like when I wake up in the morning uh, before my run, I will still hit a bong before I go and run. Mm-hmm. Now, I am still pretty heavily medicated from the night before so with that bong and as soon as i start to run with my like when my metabolism will kick back in when i start to sweat Mm -hmm. thc is stored in your fat cells so i feel like as i start to run or skip or whatever the beginning of my workout is Mm -hmm. i get i get i i feel pretty elevated so um runners high times two yeah i for somebody that wasn't comfortable with that yeah there's, yeah, like I said, there's a massive difference between the dose that you're going to take at home mm-hmm. when you're in your chill environment, maybe by yourself, maybe with somebody you're really comfortable with, and say in a gym environment. Now, like my, you heard what my monster dose is, but mm-hmm. my morning dose is going to be like 
like if I was going to eat an edible in the morning, it'd probably be seven milligrams, 10 milligrams, just because you want something, but you don't want to get punched in the face. And I feel that the whole walking around dosage is much different than the couch dosage, you know, so, or... And we're talking about these edibles, right? And I was wondering if you can touch on how a whole bud extraction, you know, different strain uses and different infusion processes really provide different types of medication for these different ailments. I'm pretty particular. So when I first started doing this, I was doing all whole bud extractions. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was taking the whole flower and I was breaking it down myself and doing it that way. It's a very messy, long, (laughs) extremely smelly process which I'm really surprised that I didn't get evicted from my apartment for the last <laughs> bunch of years. With the dosage, things have really changed. So a lot more concentrates have come onto the market. So yep. the different concentrations are very different things. So you can have a, uh, a pure uh, distilled THC product. So that is where they go into the wheat plant and they kind of separate everything and just get the THC. So that's the kind of punch in your face, going to get you high. And they've also isolated the CBD, so that can be isolated as well. So mm-hmm. an isolated CBD and an isolated THC, you really want it all together. You, that whole full-spectrum buzz is really what the body really, really, really wants. That is the whole medicine. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you separate it all, you're going to get different levels of it. You're going to miss some of the flavors, miss some of the textures. So for me, when they take the whole plant and they squish it all down and all that goods and the fiber and all of that amazing cannabinoids are in there, that to me is getting all of the magic. Okay. Now you can separate it. You know, there's a lot of um, edible makers, um, legacy market, black market edible makers right now that are just using THC, mm-hmm. um, using a distillate product. Super effective, but for me, uh, feels more like a punch in the face mm-hmm. rather than a hug on the couch. And for me, a hug on the couch is kind of where I want to feel. Now, you know, I might eat a just a straight distillate candy to go work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be more functional. Yeah. And, you know, I just, there is, there is a massive difference. Now, like the, the difference between a full spectrum CBD and an isolate mm-hmm. is a massive difference as well. So like when they isolate CBD, they're only, they're taking one of the cannabinoids of, I believe the 122 that there are. Mm-hmm. So the chances of that single one that they've isolated helping whatever is going on with you is, uh, kind of like a chance that you're taking. It may work, it may not. Yeah. You're not going to feel anything, right? So yeah. for me, for me, the best thing, like if I could recommend a product for everybody, it would be a full spectrum CBD. Okay. I want it to be green. I want it to look like weed. You know, like, <laughs> So the, the CBD will be really high in it, but I want at least 1% to 3% of THC. And with that 1% to 3% of THC, you're going to get a lot more um, holistic benefits. You're going to get a lot more of the relaxation and stuff like that. So you kind of start everybody on a base of CBD. I feel mm-hmm. everybody, I like if it was up to me in the world. Everybody would be taking CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, but then from there, uh, depending on what your treatments are or what you're trying to, uh, what your ailments are, that's when you start to prescribe the milligrams of THC per person, per body weight, and really figure out how to heal them from anything from, I don't know, uh, anxiety to um, body pain to, you know, something to cancer, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we can prescribe and help people with what what their ailments are. 
So. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, so not only have you really started using cannabis to help you find relief, and you said you were introduced to it about six years ago, when you're looking for your diet plan, is there something that you look to in order to tailor it to a specific training regimen or uh, competition? And do you believe heavily in you know more of a plant-based diet? I have anxiety, so a lot of my diet is based on what I can get in. Mm -hmm. So what I've had to learn over the last few years uh, through my um, my head injury, through my um, exhaustion, through my therapy and learning about who I am, mm -hmm. I know that I have to drink all of the water. I have to take all of the healthy fats. I have to really take care of myself. So even on the days that I feel like shit, mm -hmm. I still have to drink all of the smoothies and I have to make sure all of the good fats are in there and I have to make sure I'm bulletproof coffeeing if I'm not e able to eat. So it's, um, my diet is usually quite limited in the morning mm -hmm. because of my anxiety. So I, I do my bulletproof coffees and then I train. Uh, so my bulletproof coffee is with a grass-fed butter and um, a mix of cordyceps mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So I get all my adaptogens in the morning. And then after my training, I come back and I have as fat of a smoothie as possible. So that's peanut butter, avocado, uh, mango banana, um, CBD oil, ginger, all of the, all, spinach, all of the good things. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you know, like I will, I love, like I have been making a lot of food, obviously, during this time and uh, making some roast. So I'm living on like uh, roast veg and a bit of meat. The cannabis industry is evolving quickly and so are the people in it. Have you ever wondered who's pushing it forward and how are they doing it? Or want to get a better understanding of the people behind the brands? Or maybe you're curious about the branding and marketing or maybe retail. Maybe it's dosing, maybe it's cooking, who knows? But The Shake Podcast has you covered and it's brought to you by Treehouse Solution. We've just wrapped up three seasons of interviews with the top cannabis industry representatives discussing just that. Stream The Shake Podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. So it's a lot of liquid, I guess, for the first half of the day and then you do yeah, follow up with like more of a, a, a protein type a of final. Yeah. And yeah. as much protein as I can. If I haven't supplemented properly, I'll do protein shakes at night. Uh, what I just know is that if the workouts are what make me feel good right now, that I have to make sure that my body is able to fuel those workouts. So yeah. even if I, and that's kind of been, um, what my, what my girls are saying right now is nobody's really got an appetite. So people are either sitting on the, on the couches and smoking all the weed and eating all the chips mm -hmm. or nobody's really eating, you know? So, <laughs> and that's kind of unfortunately where, where I'm kind of landing right now. So yeah, like I had, as you saw, like the dozen donuts dropped off and I ate as many as I possibly could, but you know, like, but then uh, you're also training yeah. too every day. So it's, yeah, you know, what? sugar bugs me. So like yeah. I ate them, got a massive headache, regretted it, you know, could feel the sugar in my mouth still two days later. So my body's really clean right now. And I, and, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I find that when yeah. you're just when you're having a high concentrated water, when you're doing a liquid diet in the morning, and then like you said, more plan and protein at night, it really helps yeah. you fuel that morning. That morning, you feel a lot more revitalized. You feel ready to go. And if you cut yeah. out all that processed sugar, I mean, it makes such a massive impact. People don't understand, but it's you can feel it the next day. Like you said, it is your fuel. And another thing yeah. that is fuel, you know, is something that you'll be introducing soon is a line of edible products known as 
this blessed edibles that will be available soon. And it's ready for every athlete to consume after a long bout of training. You know, I'm beyond excited about these products because when I think about edibles, we think about sugary processed items that are great for recreational users, but completely miss the medical market. And with blessed edibles, since sugary edibles weren't a viable option to fight inflammation in the body and promote recovery, the company crafted two lines of edibles. So before we get into what consumers can expect, you know, from your Instagram, I know you're a huge foodie. We've talked about it. Um, and we're both obsessed with donuts. How hands-on were you with the process and why was it incredibly important for you to take on this mission? Any of the edibles that I saw on the market were um, like... They were fun. They were really fun and they were sugary and they were nostalgic and they were cereal bars and they were all the things that made us think about our childhood mm -hmm. and none of the things that I would ever put in my body. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to figure out a way for me to stay at the fight weight that I had chosen and still give myself maybe a little bit of a treat at the end of the night. So because I did start with the cookies, the oatmeal chocolate chip peanut butter cookie. There was nothing healthy about it. Uh, we had flaxseed in it. It was made with grass-fed butter. Still had sugar, but that was where we started. Now, from there, we ended up hooking up with a uh, one of my friends is an incredible top chef, mm -hmm. and he helps with the chocolate line. Everything had been my design. I, I designed it all, but the, um, the recipes were the chefs that I brought in. Yep. Now, we have... Um, you do help with the tasting <laughs> and making oh, sure uh, that everything yeah. tastes perfect. <laughs> Um, I still, I was, um, up until a year ago, like we haven't been making any edibles obviously, but, yep. um, up until a year ago, I was making all the concentrations and all of the formulations for what we were doing. And then I was, uh, and then I had some amazing chefs kind of help me, uh, with the production level when it, when it became uh, too much for me to do. Now we haven't produced anything since legalization, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, we are waiting to go legal, but, um, the line will be quite different and dosages will be quite different. So, we are going to start with this line and then really looking forward to hopefully the market opening up. You know, if you can walk into the LCBO and buy all of the liquor, mm -hmm. I want to be able to go in and have the option to buy a hundred milligram chocolate bar if that's what I need. Yep. Tell me why these women who are going to want to eat 10 milligrams every single night are going to have to go or order, you know, like 30, 10 milligram pieces all in, you know, times 30 in packaging, times 30 in shipping, you know, like, so can we not just, give people the option to be adults, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, uh, cut through the fine so. lines and, and the gray area and like, let's just uh, make it a market, which is a little bit more susceptible to all different uh, individuals rather than yeah. just, you know, if I had kids, I would absolutely be talking to them about, you know, the locked box in the fridge and not to touch it. Yeah. So, and that's something that a couple of the other athletes that have come on uh, as well on uh, the show that we spoke to them about, like, how do you approach it? One thing that they do, especially with their kids is they put it, like you said, in in the forefront, they talk about and let them know that this is what it is, just the same way that they would do with alcohol or anything else, because that's right. really what it should be on the same lines, right? So one I thing like I want the reason that blessed was different is because we stood there and we really tried to educate our our clients about uh, about what they were doing. People wanted to know. People were not familiar with edibles, so we were finally the people that. We're like, we are here to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we really found that a majority of these people were like women that are my age and have a lot of questions and don't want to go home and drink red wine anymore. You know, they want to go home and feel a little closer to the husband. They want to go home and feel a little relaxation without taking a, a prescription pill 
yeah. or anything like that. And they so, may be athletes in their own right, whether it's, you know, doing yoga, whether it's going for a run every day. And like you said, they don't want to have wine at night. So having someone right. authentic like yourself to be able to tell that story, but also walk them through that journey is pretty incredible because it gives them something that resonates, you know, a little bit beyond than just the, hey, this is what we are, right? Um, right. So one thing I was hoping that maybe you can talk a little bit more or give us a hint of really what consumers can expect. So, yeah, we're launching the three uh, beautiful skew of three really amazing products. And we'll be able to give you all the education and how you can use these to train, treat, and repeat yourself into the future. So there are some really amazing ways that we're going to be able to show you how to use these products mm -hmm. to help your workout, to help your recovery, and to help life. So, so why was that an um, important model for you guys to have, train, treat, and repeat? Because that's what I did every fucking day. <laughs> like, I, um, like, it was just this, like, so something had to break, right? Mm -hmm. We were training, we were treating, it keeps going. So, you know, you got you to gotta medicate in there a little bit because something has to give, right? You can't just force your body to do all of those things all of the time and expect it just to be superhuman. I thought I was superhuman. It broke down. Mm -hmm. So even when the body, even when I couldn't train it to do any more, then the mind broke down because I wasn't taking care of the body. And so with but, these um, three uh, amazing products, you said that you guys are also going to be doing informative sessions to really provide educational experiences as well. Can you talk a little bit more about that? We're just going to be um, with the incredible team that we are putting together right now. We're just going to make sure that um, all the education will be in place through the website so mm -hmm. that people can ask any of the questions um, through marketing campaigns just to make sure that we um, we want to be able to touch athletes mm -hmm. and be able to know that there is support out for them. And uh, we'll do that through our Instagram and through our website. And um, hopefully, if um, marketing allows, that we'll be able to be inside of the stores to talk to people that are going in and being able to really influence yeah. uh, how, how people are training and how, how many different ways that cannabis can be used now. And of course, this is a show uh, on sports with cannabis, you know, and we have lots of athletes listening to us. If an athlete is listening to us, you know, they're interested in the blessed team, how or what would be the best way to get in touch with you? Right. You can send us an email at blessededibles at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. The old website is up, but the new website will be launched probably in the next few weeks. And we're really excited about that. Or our Instagram at blessededibles or myself at angelina.blessed. Amazing. You know, beyond being an entrepreneur, an athlete, which means, you know, you're ridiculously busy and you're always going. You're also an ambassador for Athletes for Care, which is an incredible nonprofit organization that supports athletes. How did this athlete ambassador position come to fruition? In, or can you talk a little bit more about your work with the organization? Well, as we all know, everything is kind of on hold right now. Um, we were just about to go to um, South by Southwest mm -hmm. in Austin, Texas to have a really amazing panel discussion in front of, you know, like only 80,000 tickets sold to South by Southwest. No big deal. Mm -hmm. but, um, um, but, you know, that got canceled and probably luckily so, because if not, we would all be stuck in Texas right now. So uh, we were just about to go down there and do that mm -hmm. uh, before this all happened. But now things have changed and our time schedule has changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, from here, um, yeah, we've got some exciting things coming up in the near future. But So, you know, yeah. Cannabis consumption is still new in today's world, right? What are your thoughts of the the way that the sporting world is kind of, you know, opening up its doors and arms to now cannabis? I, I think it's been a long time coming. And 
you know, as I just kind of, I think we're just waiting for the bigger, the bigger organizations to just kind of like, okay, are we going to just let it go now? Can we stop talking about weed? Can we stop testing for weed now? You know, I've been really lucky that in my Muay Thai career, I was never drug tested. Um, not that it would have mattered for the first bunch of it because of, um, you know, I wasn't smoking cannabis for like the first eight to 10 years of my fight career, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, things, things are changing and, um, it'll be really exciting when, well, I think they're no longer testing in the uh, NFL mm-hmm. for cannabis and I believe it's almost finished in the UFC. So mm-hmm. that's when the exciting things will start to happen. But yeah, um, the stigma is still really, really strong. Like I've been to Thailand, I was, you know, I've been to Thailand 16 times now, wow. but if you, you can talk to all of the foreigner train, uh, all the foreigner fighters about, cannabis yep. and they're absolutely willing to hear it but you know the Thai trainers are still like I've gotten a lot of shit from my Thai trainer uh, over my birthday because I was posting me smoking weed and weed in my hands and all of that <laughs> and that to them is it's still really bad so really? I got into okay. trouble and uh, where here it's totally different where you know we're all we all are consuming cannabis after training so mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know it is it's still a different world over there I'm um, so we got to ask you know uh, one thing that you know everyone is kind of curious about is what is your favorite mode of consumption of cannabis and why? My favorite way to consume is oil. Okay, so the- yeah, oil, oil or chocolate, oil or chocolate, absolutely. But I love cannabis, and cannabis is a female plant, and cannabis is a strong plant, and cannabis can heal. So I think it's going to be for how you want to do it. How do yeah. you want to feel? Now, like, it will take some experimentation to really see how the cannabis plant works for you. Some people want to feel that hash buzz. Some people want to smoke rosin. Mm -hmm. I love to smoke rosin. I love anything that Hasho makes. I love um, any of the craft producers in my life. That's really, really, really important to me. I don't buy a lot of legal weed because my friends grow the most beautiful weed. I am blessed to be surrounded with this gorgeous plant. Um, I think that how we use it will determine a lot about our future. Yeah, and so to follow up with that question, you know, my my favorite way to consume cannabis is through dry flower, and like you said, it is different for everyone. I was wondering, you know, through the advancements of technology, are you worried that maybe in five, ten years from now, we will not be able to look back and recognize the flower that we see today? Oh, um, well, you've already seen it changing, right? So, yeah. like five years ago, we didn't have that super crystal clear distillate. So will everything just be like a weird um, dissected liquid mm. concentrate that we don't recognize anymore? Will they get rid of flour? Uh, I don't know. But um, I love the concentrates that are coming out because as we slowly figure it out, like five years ago, there was just BHO. Now we know that that's really bad. You know, <laughs> like, are we going to find out in five years that vaping is the absolute worst thing we could have ever done? Mm-hmm. Probably. You know, um, we all know that smoking's bad for us. Hopefully we'll find the great concentration of where we go, or maybe we'll end up all being those old school hash hot knife smokers. Maybe that'll come back. Like who knows which direction we're going to go, but hopefully it's in a beautiful, healthy one that will accept more people into the culture of it. And, um, and we can have some more healing because like after this, especially the world needs to heal. Like, yeah, no, I agree with you. So I was hoping, uh, that we could get you to give one tip or one piece of advice to other athletes looking to cannabis as a healing solution. I would say don't be scared of it. I think there is still a lot of fear kind of based around cannabis and for everyone just to kind of go easy with it. You know, like 
if you're going to try a different strain, it's going to be a puff. But my thing is that I would want everyone to, mm-hmm. to try cannabis as a tool for movement and see how it moves in your body and see how it makes you feel. It could be anything from smoking and dancing to eating an edible and rolling on the floor or using a foam roller or stretching your body or any of those things or going for a run. Like if I could give any gift to anybody, it would be the gift of cannabis and the movement because that's what's healed me. Okay. That's incredible. Thank you, Angelina, for coming on sports cannabis today. We had a phenomenal time discussing everything cannabis related with you. Before we let you go, we like to ask every one of our guests one last question. And that is, is there a past experience, a book, or a piece of technology that has helped shape who you are today? I would say receiving my last concussion changed my life uh, trajectory 100%. So as difficult as that was, as it, I ended my fight career, but it pushed me to this path of helping others to heal. The concussion for as difficult as it was and how it changed everything, mm-hmm. it put me onto the path of helping others to heal and I wouldn't have found that path if that hadn't happened to me. We really appreciate you coming on Sports Cannabis today. Before we let you go, what is the best place to connect with you? And can you also tell us the social media handles and platforms you're most active on? Um, I am always on Angelina.blessed on Instagram. We are at Blessed Edibles on Instagram. We are at Blessed Vung, V-E-U-N-G on Twitter. That's me, BlessedEdibles.com. My coach is Strike at Striking Concepts on Instagram. He is one of the best trainers in the world. At Float Toronto for any of your magnesium recovery needs. Carve up at Sugo because Sugo Toronto is the one who is feeding the frontline workers right now. So if you can go and donate, we can continue to feed the frontline workers. He's doing an incredible job. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of my brother over at Sugo. You go get him, Connor. We've added uh, the beautiful Jeff Moran as she'll be doing all of our PR. Um, So we've brought on uh, the amazing photographer um, at Tiny Taylor Oaks on Instagram. So we brought her on as our creative director, and she's just going to give Blessed and the other house of brands just that super cool, dark, edgy sort of feel that she's got going on. Thank you, Angelina Bless, for joining us today on Sports Cannabis. Follow her on Instagram at angelina.blessed and follow Blessed Edibles on Instagram at Blessed Edibles. Thank you for joining us on Sports Cannabis, brought to you by Trio Solution. Follow our Instagram channel at Sports Cannabis for the latest updates and check us out on www.triosolution.com. Our next episode is going to be incredible. We have a rugby legend, Dominic Day, and it's an interview you will not want to miss. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us everywhere. Stay safe and be well, Sports Cannabis family. And remember to hashtag Sports Cannabis Athlete in all your at-home cannabis-related workouts.